0: This is Matthew 26, verses 47 through 56. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign saying, the one I will kiss is the man, arrest him. At once he came up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, why are you here? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. Suddenly one of those with Jesus put his hand on his sword, drew it, and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will die by the sword. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than a 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled, which say it must happen in that way? At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a rebel? Day after day, I sat in the temple teaching and you did not arrest me. But all this has taken place so that the scriptures of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled.
1: Well, here we are. We are in the final stages of this uh this book the gospel of matthew we've been following this uh from the beginning and going through the entire book and it is coming to a head right now Uh, where we left off last sunday jesus was feeling distraught he was weeping he was trying to get his disciples to uh console him to be there for him he was feeling at a loss Uh, and it ends with him knowing that this is why he is here. He knows that the pain he will endure. He tells his disciples to wake up, and he says, here they come. And now today, we see him, Judas and a large crowd with swords, clubs, led by religious leaders, uh, sometimes there is no, nothing more dangerous than an angry mob led by religious leaders. Um, and Judas tells them, I will kiss him and that way you'll know who he is. Uh, now kissing somebody as a greeting was not uncommon in those, in those times. Much like you see in Europe, you know, you, you'll see people uh, peck each other on the, on the, the cheek there. Uh, In those times, a a kiss uh, greeting was not unheard of. Um, The interesting thing about this is that this tells us a little bit about what Jesus might have looked like. In the movies, we always see the, you know, six foot five, blonde, blue eyes, pale complexion. They'd be able to spot him in a heartbeat. Judas has to kiss him because he's telling the people uh, this is who he is because they can't tell. Because among the other guys, he is a Middle Eastern, he is a Jew, and he looks like a Middle Eastern Jew. Isn't that something? Yeah. I do want to add that the average height of a Middle Eastern Jew at that time five foot six. Yeah. So, behold. Um, All right. (laughs) Who said that? (laughs) We, at this point, the disciples have just woken up, and what they are seeing is stunning to them. Imagine that you have been asleep and you wake up and the person that you have spent three years of your life with, the person that you identify as your Savior, is now faced with a, I mean, the Bible says, a large crowd carrying weaponry led by the religious leaders that you have spent your life following. And they have come. We don't know if it's to attack Jesus or to arrest him. And you see... The person that you have also spent those three years with, leading the group. How stunning that would have been. He kisses Jesus on the cheek, and Jesus says something at this time that is a little bit unusual. He says, friend, why are you here? Other translations, there's different translations to this. Some of them say, friend, why are you here? Some of them say, uh, uh, friend, uh, do what you've come here to do. Uh, In the book of, uh, I believe, John, it says, uh, betrayed with a kiss. Now, I like this one, why are you here? Because it sums up all of them. Jesus is looking at Judas, and what he is saying is, friend, Are you sure you want to do this? He's not saying, hey, why are you here? He's saying, no, really, look at why you're here. Why are you doing this? And that fits also with the um, betrayed with a kiss. Judas, you greet me as a friend. Why, Why do you want to do this? Are you sure that you want to do this? And even though the translations are different, there is one consistency, friend. Jesus sees the very man that has come to betray him, and he still greets him as friend. For that moment, just before we we talked last week, Jesus is about uh, consoling and, and hurting and himself, but in this moment, his concern is about the friend that is about to betray him. The disciples are shocked by this. Peter, we know from other Gospels, Peter is the one that pulls out the sword. Now, the swords were not too uncommon at those times either. They were about this long. People would carry them. Uh, they would carry them because, uh, to protect themselves from wild animals. They would protect themselves you know, from that. But if you were a traveler, sometimes you would carry the sword. This time, he sees violent acts starting to come. He whips out his sword, and the first thing he does is he swings that sword, and he cuts off the ear of a slave. Now, in the TV shows, we always see them, you know, just pick up that ear, and it's all nice and cut, you know, it's, it's just wonderful. It's like, you know, it's like Chinese food, you know, it's just a special, you know, uh, ear, you know, this is, I'm sorry, you know. We've talked about a drunken cat. How, where am I going to go from that? But this is supposed to be the sword that Peter actually used. It's, it's displayed at a museum in Poland. Now, there's some discrepancy about this, just like there is about uh, so many artifacts. Uh, this didn't appear until about 600 BC, uh, or AD, 600 AD. And it was said that it was given to a pope, but history says that at the time that it was given, that pope was dead. And so then they say, well, it must have been a monarch or something like that that was given to, and then it went to Europe for a while, and and it's there, and it looks like this. Uh, So if you want to go see it, it's there, but I'm not telling you that that's the sword. I can tell you that it's like the sword that Peter might have, because it is from that time period, and it's one that they would use. And so when Peter grabbed that and he swung that, you can bet it wasn't a clean cut. It was something gruesome. But his motive behind this was because you are presenting me a threat of violence. Now, everything that Peter has been taught for his entire life is that if they threaten you with violence, how do you repay it? With violence. Even his religious leaders, even his religious leaders said... Love those that love you. Hate those that hate you. That's why Jesus was such a rebel when he said things like, love your enemy. Threw them off. Peter's still trying to grasp that because his entire life, if you come at me, I come
2: at you. Jesus says, put that down. He says, Peter, those who live by the sword die by the sword. What we are witnessing here at this moment
1: in time is the beginning of the sacrifice that Christ did. We, we see this moment as a quick thing, and then they, they, they shove them off and everything. But I want us to sit here for a second of how important this message is. We always see the, the blood and body of Christ on, on that cross, and that is a sacrifice for us. But what we are missing in the message that Jesus gives us right here at this moment is this world is violent. This world is full of hatred. I will not partake in this and neither should you. If you are met with violence, winning the battle is not going to take place in a violent way. He's telling Peter, if you live by this sword, if you live by eye for an eye, violence against violence, you will die that way. And that's not what I'm here for. Now imagine being a disciple at that time and you are seeing a huge crowd with sticks and swords ready to use them. And the person that they have come to take says, we will not
2: fight this. We will not throw violence back at them. Put your sword down. That'd be a hard thing to do. That would be a
1: difficult task. To put that sword down. Peter at this time puts his sword down and, like the rest of the disciples, sits stunned, has no idea what to do now. The only thing that he's ever been taught is they come at you, you
2: come at them. Hatred against hatred. They grab Jesus. And Peter, along
1: with the rest of them, flee. The only defense that Peter had had been stripped from him. He still doesn't understand what Jesus was saying about put your sword down. So he is is distraught. He is confused. And in his,
2: the only way he can react is to run away. I can't do anything about it. We want to so much see, a. if this was a a movie
1: being made, a producer would say, you can't end it like this. This is where Peter becomes the samurai warrior and starts to just lob the heads off of everybody. And we see all this kind of stuff and they're laid out and Jesus is victorious. That's what the disciples were actually hoping for. That's what I believe Judas was even hoping for, that if he started this in motion, this would be the battle and Jesus would win. But at this time, it's very
2: confusing because Jesus is saying, we're not going to do it that way. You know, a week ago, uh, we observed a a
1: tragic anniversary, 9-11. This is one of those events where if you were alive during that time, Uh, To this day, you remember where you were. I worked at a local uh, news station, television news. I was a uh, producer. And as I came into work, the first tower uh, just got hit. And I came in, in the newsroom, everybody was just gathered around. We, We were a CBS affiliate and we had live feeds. And as soon as the the first tower hit, they were there in New York with their cameras everywhere and constantly pointing. And just as I
2: came in, the the second tower got hit. And for the next 24 hours, we were on our feet.
1: running around trying to decipher things, hearing all sorts of reports. Uh, there was a, a fighter jets that were f- suddenly in the air. The president was coming to Omaha. It was, it was chaos.
2: And during this time, CBS had that live feed I, I saw things that today they still won't show. It was shocking. And we were in work mode. I was a I was a producer. I, I, had, I was in
1: charge of news shows. I was in charge of uh, reporters and, and anchors. And we were all working together to try to decipher when do we go live. We were constantly talking to New York of uh, when they were doing live stuff and when we would go and all this kind of stuff. We were in work mode.
2: And then we just kept seeing things happening. And as the, the week went on, we, our work never,
1: never stopped. The, as you know, uh, for at least a month, this was the story. And uh, the story that we started to, real, this, to uncover was that this was an act of terrorism done by a small group of people from the Middle East. And I remember watching that live feed with a co-worker,
2: a couple of us, and one of them looked up there and he said, we should just nuke the entire place, turn it into a parking lot. And the other one laughed and said, yeah, we really should. We had been attacked by a small group of people. We
1: were were angry. We were uh, seeing images that we never wanted to see. We were at our wits end. And what some of us did as a reaction was we drew our sword and we just swung it at whatever we could. And for this person, it was an entire race. Sadly, as the weeks went on, the stories of uh, trying to, to realize who did it, how they did it, all of this kind of stuff, uh, played aside stories of people that were Middle Eastern, people that were Muslim, people that looked Middle Eastern being attacked innocently. Innocent people being brutally attacked. Mosques being uh, vandalized. Small businesses run by Middle Eastern people being vandalized.
2: We had to run these stories. We had to run stories of
1: uh, educating people about the Muslim faith, that it is not a terrorist organization. E- educating people that uh, because somebody looks Middle Eastern or is Middle Eastern,
2: they are not a terrorist. The people were swinging their swords. It's a
1: tragedy happened. And just like Peter, what we know is that if they come at us with hate, we hate back, Right?
2: But Jesus says, this is not the way. When terrorists attack, their goal is to make you so afraid and
1: so shocked that you will live in fear and turn against each other.
2: They know that they don't have the firepower to eliminate you, but they do want to pollute you. And that hatred, that, that, that evilness turns so many people out of fear into hateful people. We wanted to attack anybody that looked
1: like the people that attacked us. Just like Peter swung that. He didn't hit a religious leader. He did not hit one of the people carrying a club. He wounded a slave. Somebody that was probably had no choice of whether they were gonna be there or not. And that's who Peter hits. Many times in our anger, in our frustration, in our feeling of total
2: loss or attack, we want to swing that sword and we don't care who we hit. And some of those stories, they affected me as much as the attacks themselves because they were innocent people, families, children. And to this day, this anniversary has been over 20 years ago. And to this day, we're still doing it. People that look different are still being attacked. People
1: from the Middle East or of Muslim are still being called terrorists. And we are divided now more than we ever have before.
2: Jesus said, put your swords down because those who live by that will die by that. Your hatred will consume you. And it will take you. We follow somebody that is so radical
1: that teaches us that violence is not a cure for ending violence. Hatred is not a cure for ending hatred.
2: We follow somebody that went... It's about love. Nobody said being a Christian was easy.
1: We follow somebody that the person that betrayed him,
2: his last words to him was friend. Like I said, it's been over 20 years. I, I haven't...
1: I value myself as a as a as a christian
2: I'm not there yet where i can call the terrorist that did this my friend i'm i'm not there yet but i am at a place where i know i will not
1: swing my sword i will not hurt people because of the way they look or because it's easy I will not allow evil to turn me into something hateful.
2: I follow Jesus Christ, who said, put your sword down and love your neighbor and your enemy. I pray we can do that. Starts here and starts today. Remember, love God. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. As hard as that can be. Would you pray with me?
1: Gracious and loving God. We hear these Bible stories and sometimes it's easier to just to gloss over them. And then sometimes it hits us so close to home, challenges every part of us. Being a follower of you is joyful and loving, but sometimes it is also so, so hard. Help us to find strength, not not in fighting, not in hating, but help us to truly find strength in love.
2: In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen.